Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Hey, everybody, it's great to be back at Tree of Life with you guys. Man, we missed you. We missed you. We missed you. We had an amazing time in India, and then a little family time is kind of coming home. We took a little break uh, somewhere. Uh, no place like home, got to tell you. Um, brought a little bit of Indian stuff with me, and so uh, <laughs> I, I feel a lot better than I sound. But forgive me if I'm not out shaking hands between services. But uh, we love you, and we miss you. And we thank you for all your prayers, and we look forward to giving an update on our trip that we spent with uh, the precious believers in India. And so um, from them, thank you from the bottom of their hearts. You contributed a lot of wonderful things that were able to be a blessing on your behalf to all of them. And again, we're so uh, excited to share an update with you. We'll do that in a couple of weeks when we get into the message. But before I do, I, what a, can I just give a shout out to John and Susie? What a powerful video. Thank you for opening up your heart. Wow. It's really great. And I think today you get two rows. I think there's two rows of y'all today, and so I know where you sit. That's right. Yeah, I know where you sit. And so I've always been, I was, was already blowing my nose and everything because of what I'm fighting through, and then I finally got it stopped, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden your video comes on, I'm like grab Kleenex, I blow my nose again because now I'm crying. And so I was like, thanks, John. Thanks, Susie. Uh, but the power of an invitation is, is incredible. More than we ever realize, we'll never, ever know. So we need to take the risk and step out because we'll never, ever really know. And so I want to encourage you guys, obviously, Easter's next year, and that's the biggest opportunity to grow the kingdom uh, of the year. And so let's take advantage of that tree of life. Uh, can I tell you, it was a lot of fun this morning for my wife and I uh, on the way. Uh, normally, I go to breakfast on Sunday morning by myself and just get up. I get up early. I come. It was a, it was a treat this morning. All my family was up <laughs> at like five and six because we're on, we're on crazy. We don't know what day it is. We're on like some kind of crazy 10 hour ahead jet lag. I'm, on, I'm all jacked up on medicine and jet lag. So who knows what I'll say uh, today. But <clears throat> so they walk into the, they all went to breakfast with me this morning, which was fun because I couldn't sleep. And so uh, we walk into the restaurant and there was a big poster right in the front door that said back to life. And it was like, man, that's awesome. I know that place. I know that place. So we're excited. I'd like to ask those of you that are normally second service attenders. Next week, this service is going to be the one most of our visitors come to. And so I'd ask you, just consider maybe sliding into the first service. It's really more anointed. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I get to work, I'll get to work all the bugs out for y'all for second service or whatever. But uh, come in first service and hopefully, uh, you know, save a seat or give, open a seat up for somebody. Again, cars, parking, all that. Well, uh, most people will come visit on second service. So maybe consider that. And then also, I think they might still need some help in a different couple of areas of ministry. You can imagine with an Easter crowd, all the extra people will have. And we just want to really make sure we're loving them well, right? And so maybe an opportunity for you to jump in, pitch in somewhere, roll up your sleeves. We say uh, each one bring one, but we also say serve one, worship one. So we get a great service for you. And and let me just say this as your pastor, Easter Sunday really is for those that don't know Jesus, because every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday for a believer. Amen? Amen. So... Uh, we're thankful for that. So we're, we're excited about next week. Um, you know, as I said, my, my family, we just got back. And, uh, uh, you know, it was funny because we, 20 hours of travel, 21 hours of travel on Friday. And so we got picked up at the airport, came, got our cars that were here. And on the way home, we, I uh, just want to tell you this, we were so tired and just tired of Indian food and the, the travels and all that. And so on the way home, first thing we did is go Chick-fil-A. Can I just give a shout out? God bless Chick-fil-A. God bless America and God bless Chick-fil-A. That's what I'm saying right there. Maybe... Somebody Chick-fil-A will give me free 
meals now or something. I don't know. Give them a little advertisement. Um, but you know, uh, I was excited uh, to, to have the opportunity to be gone, but to come home. And, and it's good to know we got such a great team. Have you enjoyed Pastor Cody the last couple Sundays bringing the word? Great job. Great job. So the, the first Sunday I got on the stream, I'm so thankful that if you're not here, you can get on the stream. If you've got family and friends, encourage them to stream. We'd love people to be here. Sometimes you're not feeling good and traveling, whatever that is, or family around the country, actually around the world. And so I watched them the first Sunday on the stream. It, we're 11 hours ahead in India, and I was watching them on the stream, and I thought, as soon as he's done, I thought, I need to get back home, get back in that pulpit. That kid, that kid settles in there, right? <laughs> I gotta get him in there. He did such a great job. I'm thankful again for our staff, so a good team, so amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, so we've been in a series. So he did the first two, and I'm going to wrap it up. And uh, uh, I know the Holy Spirit's going to just kind of weave it all together. But, you know, in January, we started the year talking about how to live godly in an ungodly world. And we talked about, you know, being someone that follows the principles of God. And God's way is always the best way. And so we, we spent some time talking about not compromising who we are and our values and beliefs. And, and then the second series we did in February was a relationship one. And we, we said if there's two areas that the world tries to infiltrate and really kind of mess up people, pervert it, twist it, change it, get compromised to come. It's the areas of relationship and finances. And so if we can get those in line with God's word, do our best, work diligently to get those in line with God's word, then life becomes much more enjoyable and much more fulfilling. And so we did the relationship series and Pastor Cody did the first two in the financial series. I'm going to close it out today. God's word works. God's way works. It's just the truth of it all. And so I want to encourage you guys to open up your hearts today to receive what I believe that God's, God's put on my heart to share. In fact, actually, I shared uh, this in, in part in December on a Wednesday night, and I always knew when I shared that, when it was on my heart, that I would, I would bring it on a Sunday morning, and I just really felt this was the timing. And so I, wanted, I want you to go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 10 for me, 2 Corinthians 10. And in this passage of Scripture, Paul has written a letter to the Corinthian church. He started it. He planted the church. He went to an area that, that was in great need, and a lot of Gentiles, Gentiles are non-Jewish believers, and the Jews of that day believed that the, the word of God, the things of God were for the Jewish people. And so it was really groundbreaking for Paul to kind of break those barriers and reach the non-Jewish people. And we can be thankful because I'm not a Jewish person, but I'm thankful that that broke the barriers. And so we're a result of that. Gentiles, if you will. And so he established the church. He planted the church. He poured his heart, life, and soul into the church for a time. Still stays tied to it, connected as a spiritual father to his pastors, uh, comes and speaks, preaches to it, writes letters to them, to the church. And so he's written this letter. And in this passage, you can kind of see and, and feel and sense maybe a little of Paul's frustration because he'd been pouring his heart out to him for some time, and now all of a sudden they've kind of just got complacent. They kind of got comfortable where they were. And Paul's reminding them that the, the power of the Word of God, that how it's changed their lives, and, and he's reminding them that how blessed they've been to receive the Word, how much they benefited from it, how much it changed their lives. And now he's trying to engage them, and he's going to actually, what he's trying to do is take up an offering and getting the Corinthian church to partner with them to reach beyond the Corinthian church to people that still need to be reached. And they're wanting to do it. They're basically saying, hey man, we hear you, Paul, but we're good right now. I mean, we're blessed and we've been really good and we're just content. And, and Paul's getting a little frustrated. He's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. There's still more people to be reached and as much as you needed and much as you benefited from, as much as you were blessed from, there's other people. And I just want to encourage you today to always be mindful of there's other people that still need the gospel. Amen. And it is, all the songs we sang was powerful, and I just am so thankful for our worship team and entering in and reminding myself of all the great things God done, has done in our life, breaks every chain, and I can't help then but think of how many people are still bound. 
and the desire that God has and the need that we have to continue to reach them and not be a stuck church, which is what he's addressing. And, and you can see in sense his frustration here. Let me read it for you. It says this in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 13. says, we however will not boast beyond uh, proper limits, but we will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself assigned to us, a sphere that also included you. And he's basically telling you, hey, we brought you the gospel. He goes, we're not talking about stuff we don't know. And he says, basically, I have a right to speak into your life because I'm the one who introduced you to Jesus. I'm the one who shared all this with you. He's not taking credit for it, but he's saying, I came here and shared the message and we thrived and we did good and God changed our life. And what's going on? Because what is happening is they're listening to false teachers and other people that, that brought to them a sense of contentment or there's things now that Paul's teaching that God is inspiring them to teach, to challenge them with, that all of a sudden they're not wanting to hear. And so he's just reminding them of, uh, you know, that he had come in and shared the good news with them. Goes on to say this, we're not going too far in our boasting as, we would, as would be the case if we had not come to you. It's like, we came and sacrificed. We gave you our heart, our soul to share all these things with you, live it out with you. For we did get for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Another translation says, we were the first to bring you the things that changed your life. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. I'm not talking about what other people have done. I'm talking about what we have shared together. Our hope, listen to that phrase, our hope, his prayer is that as your faith continues to grow, now he's challenging them, don't be content where you're at. Don't be content where you're at. There's still more people that need to be reached just as much as you were blessed. There's other people that need to be blessed. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. Or in other words, as your faith grows, the kingdom will grow. As your faith grows, the activity that you do for God will grow. In other words, Paul is, is putting together, weaving together the fact that their faith, as it grows, the kingdom grows. Or as the kingdom grows, their faith grows. And he's saying, stretch your faith. Don't be content because there's still more people to be reached. It goes on to say this in the first part of 16. So that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. We need to reach beyond these four walls and connect with people. We can't be content where we're at. And can I say Tree of Life next week is the greatest opportunity of the year. It is the greatest opportunity of the year for the kingdom. All over the world, churches will be full of people that normally don't come, maybe have never ever been. It is the place that we need to have our faith growing and extended so the kingdom can grow. And understand what God's about is the kingdom growing, amen? God's about people coming to the knowledge of Christ. God's about his lost kids being found. God's about as many people that don't know Jesus, knowing Jesus so he can spend eternity with them. And the Bible here, Paul is saying, as your faith grows, as you step out and aren't complacent or aren't content, as you step out in this place of faith and extend yourself a little bit more, all of a sudden then the kingdom will grow. And then when you see the kingdom grow, your faith will grow. I mean, if we were to have a, a conversation with John and Susie right now, and I can see them because I know where they sit. They used to sit on the 10th row, but they got bumped back to the 11th row. Sorry about that. But, you know, now they got two rows. And so, but can I tell you, and you can see the emotion in the video there, and they're talking, as, they're, as the kingdom, if you will, their family grew, their faith in God expanded. Thank you, God. You can see the emotion. You know what that was? Was their faith growing. Their confidence in God was growing. So they invite more and they invite more. And so Paul's saying these things work together. As your faith grows, the kingdom grows. As the kingdom grows, your faith grows. So we cannot sit idly by. We cannot be content or complacent where we're at. And so, and actually Paul's a little frustrated because of how much they've benefited up to this point. And they're ready to say, we're good. 
He's like, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, thankfully the people before you didn't say we're good. And so he's challenging them a little bit more because there's still work to be done. And I love that as he's expressing this, what I would say, say would be frustration. But what's amazing to me is what Paul has been able to do. Paul has been able to do amazing things. He's planted numerous churches all over the area there and he's set pastors in and he's written two thirds of the New Testament at some point, you know, he's, he's teaching all these things. And it's amazing to me how much he's been able to grow the kingdom of God. And here's a guy that basically is either walking places or doing it on a donkey. I mean, think about that for a second. Think of the impact he's had in the gospel when he's either walking places or he's riding a donkey. What Paul could do with a donkey, many of us can't even do on social media. I mean, let's just be honest. Can you imagine Paul looking down today and saying, oh man, if I only had Instagram. My goodness. I mean, you think I did a lot with four guys and a donkey? I mean, come on. And Paul would be down there, all the saints would be down there saying, you can use, use it. can I say this? Use social media for good, not for evil. I mean, I'm not, a real big, I'm not a real big social media guy because of the evil. I, mean, I took some hits and I got off Facebook. I didn't want to read that stuff anymore. Put that in me. But I'm, I'm saying here we sit in the time that we can extend the gospel all over this world. I mean, when my, my wife and I were in, in India this time, our hearts just so love the people. They live a life that's so different than what we can even understand, not just from the circumstances based on where they live, but the gospel is not an open message there. It's not. Their life is on the line, and they, 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 they're dedicated to that, and, and, and we buy all our 10 missionaries. We bought them all bicycles, and so they, they're riding bikes to these places. I don't know how a bike even goes up that dirt gravel road, and, and then as they expand it to other villages, then we've bought them motorcycles, and, and, on the, and it's amazing how much they've been able to propagate the gospel just by natural means, but understand this, and even with Paul, it was a Against the law. It's against the law to propagate the gospel in India in this particular area. Paul, it was against the law. So he's talking about, look what he's not even saying boasting in himself. He's like, man, we reached you guys with the gospel. And listen, it wasn't even legal. Because remember, Rome at that day, they didn't want people. Paul, in fact, was a Christian killer. People are preaching the gospel, Paul would hunt them down and kill them. And Paul's saying, This isn't an open gospel on here. We brought it to you. How can you hold on to it? And I think of today's world that we live in with the things and the means that we have at our disposal, if you will. Not only do we have social media and we have the internet and live streaming and anything that you can imagine, uh, we have here in our country a free gospel. A free gospel. I mean, in America right now anyways, right? In America right now, you know, we have a free gospel. And, and I think the saints would come back and say, listen, you guys are in the greatest end time harvest. You have more means, technology, tools available to you. And you can openly preach the gospel here. Get after it, right? Come on, don't be content with where you're at. Step out in faith a little bit more because as your faith grows, the kingdom grows. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I believe one of the reasons why Paul states just here because it takes faith to grow the kingdom. And God wants more than anything else that none should perish and also have everlasting life. Yeah. And so I just, want to, I just I want to be reminded of what Paul's saying here and doing and, and making sure I don't squander the opportunity, the time, the resources that I have to do that. But like I said, I'm not a real social media guy. And what's interesting to me is, um, you know, I, I, in fact, I, and I Instagram and I mean, you can go follow me on Instagram. I don't know why you would. It's rather boring. Mine's rather boring, to be honest with you. you got 189 followers or whatever. I follow some people. But the other day, I was talking to my youngest daughter. She's kind of the techie in the family. And, and every once in a while, you know, I got on Facebook because it's just like some mean-spirited things. And I didn't want to read some stuff, you know. So you just don't want to read it. Not everybody was that way. But I didn't want to put that in me. I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to see the stuff saying and all that. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I, there's a few things on Instagram. So I went to my daughter yesterday, in fact. I said, Camry, I said, how do I, how do, I do this? I, I, how do I block this? 
And then I felt bad saying that I blocked people. I'm like, I'm a pastor. I can't block people. And, and I said, yeah, I got to block some people. <laughs> and so I got my phone out. She's showing me. And I went to this one place in there. And I pulled up this one and needed a block. And, and, and all of a sudden, she goes, this button at the top of the screen, it said block. And I said, really? That's all there is to it? That's awesome. And so I was like, I felt like this empowered, right? I don't have to see it. I don't have to hear it anymore. I kind of think, uh-huh, block. You know, all right, okay. Huh? How do you like that? How do you like me now? You know, or whatever. But... <laughs> Got a little power crazy right there, kind of felt it. And I was like, who else can I block now? Who else can I block? And, and so uh, if I blocked you, forgive me. But uh, maybe I shouldn't say all that. But uh, so I was like, three, three things that I, I needed to block. And don't worry, they were all in first service. Just let you know, and then you know. And so I just was going down there and I was doing that and I was blocking that. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. So how many guys have ever been blocked? Okay, so I, I tell you, I've been blocked a lot. I don't know why has everybody blocked the pastor. I mean, you leave the church and you get unfriended. I mean, it's like okay, you get blocked all of a sudden. So, how many guys ever block anybody? Yeah, hey, come on. How many guys won't admit to any of one of those questions that I've asked? Okay, all right. Well, God knows. Just so you know, just God knows. And so I, I, I did that, and I was thinking of blocking it and, and, and stuff, and I don't have to read that anymore. And they can write whatever they want to write now, and they can do whatever they want to post, and I don't, I don't see that anymore. And so I blocked them. And so it's kind of like sometimes. I think what Paul's frustration with the church was, is like they loved the messages he was preaching on forgiveness. And they loved it. They loved the messages he was preaching on, you know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They loved the messages he was preaching on grace. Who doesn't love a message on grace? They, they loved the messages preaching on overcomer. In fact, if we could put it today's terms, they would, they would like the message on, you know, grace. And they would like the messages like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we'd double click it to get the heart lit up, right? We'd like it. And we'd repost that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We'd do that and stuff. And then all of a sudden now, Paul's saying things inspired by God, challenging them to a standard, challenging them to something. And all of a sudden, they don't want any part of it. It's interesting to me how we can come to church and see and listen to things that make us feel really good. And we want that. I, and we celebrate that. All my chains are gone and all that. And then we hear something else we're not really liking, just inadvertently maybe perhaps, but we block it. We block it. It's like, I'm, I'm good with this and I'm liking this and I'm reposting this, but I'm not really liking this right here, so I'm going to block it. So you can say all this and I want to block it. I'm not being hard today, but I want us to understand our role in this whole thing when God wants to bless us. Don't block the blessings of God. And what we do is we come across things in that maybe inadvertently or even unintentionally, and then we'll, we'll block it because we don't want to see or hear that. But we like this over here. And Paul's frustrated with the church because this is exactly what they're doing. And he's saying, I'm coming to you as a spokesman from God. And here's the thing. They, they in their minds were blocking Paul, but really, who were they blocking? They were blocking God. But nobody's going to admit I'm blocking God. I'm not blocking God, Pastor Don. I'm just blocking you or I'm blocking this or I'm blocking that. Well, Paul's like, who am I speaking for? Who am I speaking on behalf of? And Paul was challenging him with a message of generosity because he wanted them to engage with him beyond the four walls to reach people that hadn't been reached before because they, he wanted all of them to enjoy what they, are, they had been enjoying. And all of a sudden, they started blocking this message of generosity because they were content. They didn't want to do that. And Paul's like, you're not blocking me. You're blocking God because I'm his spokesperson. And I think it's interesting for us, to, the reality in our life is that sometimes we inadvertently perhaps or even unintentionally or unaware will block some things that we just don't want to hear, but yet there's still truth in that. Even though we don't see it anymore, it's still true. I was thinking the other day, um, we were in Colorado at the end of December, and we went to a, a, a trip vacation with another family, and so we made a road trip out of it, and we were coming home. We, we were leaving really early in the morning to come home, and like five o'clock in the morning, because it's a long trip. 
And so Callie and I were out loading, the, my wife has a Sequoia, 2005 Sequoia, so we're out loading the Sequoia really early. I had all the bags. Callie went to open up the back of the hatch or whatever you say that the hatch, opened it up, and I'm back there, I'm freezing cold. It's five o'clock in the morning, it's in Colorado, up in the mountains. I got these bags, I'm tired, and I went down to pick up a bag. And as soon as I stood up to put the bag, I hit my head on the hatch right there. And I'm telling you what, I, I don't, I, I, I think I was knocked unconscious maybe, I don't know. And when I got up, I was speaking in tongues. I think I'm not sure, sure what was, I'm not sure what was coming out of my mouth, but later I felt like I needed to repent about something. I wasn't really sure, but it's like, and the first thing I said when I could regain consciousness, the first thing I said, I looked at Callie and I got mad at Callie. And I'm like, come on, Callie, seriously? And she's like, what, dad? It's not like I grabbed your head and slammed it into the hatch. And then I got, and then I got mad at the hatch. I'm like, stupid Sequoia, you stupid hatch. I'm only five foot nine, are you kidding me? That's all the higher you go. Toyota, your design defect, really seriously? And I'm mad at Callie and I'm mad at Toyota and none of those people were the problem or the issue. It was me, I hit my own head. And isn't it true though that we can be mad at circumstances and we can be mad at trials and we can be mad at our boss and we can be mad at the economy and we can be mad at other Christians and we can be mad at the pastor preaching this message and we can be mad, but the reality is, it's not that, it's you. It's just true. And that's not mean or convicting, that should be liberating. Because then you have the element of control, if you will. You have then the ability to unblock the blessings of God in your life. Step that, take that step of faith, because as your faith grows, the kingdom grows. And God's all about growing the kingdom. And if you're willing to take that step of faith, he'll get, if he can get something through you, he'll get it to you. Because he wants his kingdom, he wants the kingdom to grow. Because his desire is that none should perish. None should perish, but all should have everlasting life. And he works in and through you and I, so we get mad at things, and what we end up doing is playing the blame game. Can I tell you, the blame game will block the blessings of God. Because can I tell you, the devil's already been defeated, we'll celebrate it next week. I love the idea that Easter is on April Fool's, right? Isn't that the biggest devil? April Fool's, right? I mean, can you imagine, he thought he had won the crucifixion, and then a couple days later, here he comes, April Fool's, I'm not, I'm not dead, I'm alive. And so it's this idea of the, 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 the devil's already been defeated. He's defeated. He can't do anything to you. He can't do anything to you. He cannot block the blessings of God from your life. Man, man cannot block the blessings of God from your life, only you can. Only you can. And so we need to understand that. We need to learn that we have control over that, if you will. But the blame game will block the blessings of God in your life. Even, in, even the blame game on blaming yourself, if you will, things about yourself, well, I'm not smart enough. What can I tell you? If you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. I think that's pretty good. I didn't have all the advantages. I don't have enough money. What can I tell you? All your needs are met according to his riches and glory. Can I tell you, whatever it is that you would say that there's another counter to it in the word of God, it's just what are you gonna believe? See, even when you blame yourself or your opportunity, I just didn't have the opportunity that they, can I tell you, God opens doors no man can open and shuts doors no man can shut? Can I tell you, I just didn't have the advantages they had and I didn't have this and didn't have that. Can I tell you that, you know, I'm a son and daughter of the almighty God. I mean, can there be any greater advantage than that? Where's the disadvantage in following Jesus? Don't block the blessing. Your boss, because you, you work, well, if my boss would just whatever. You know what? You don't work for him. You work for God. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Well, if I just got paid more money and I need to raise it up, can I tell you that God is your supplier, not man? 
with this economy would turn around. Can I tell you, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I don't know what the next tweet is going to be. But I know that God, some of you will get that later. But I know that God, I know that my God is my source and provider. My God, he's the one that I trust. He's the one I look to. And Paul's talking to a group of believers here at the Corinthians church, and he says this, 2 Corinthians, same passage, verse 15, second half of 15, first half of 16, New Living Translation. He says, instead, we hope that your faith will grow. We want your faith to grow so the kingdom, so that the boundaries of our work among you will be expanded. We need to extend beyond these walls. We need you to step out in faith so we can extend beyond these walls. Then we'll be able to go and preach the good news in other places far beyond you. Can I tell you, we don't have to go to India to preach the good news in places that are not being preached. They're not, it's not being preached where you live. It's not being preached where you work. It's not being preached in the, in the ball team that you're on. It's not being preached in the 27 plus places that have the poster that says back to life. We need to take the gospel there. So take that step of faith and trust God. Don't the blessing. He's there because as your faith grows and you step out, the kingdom grows. He comes and does what he can do. Ask John and Susie. God is a faithful God and he's no respecter of persons. As the Corinthian church faith increases, the church grows. As the church grows, our faith increases. Stretch your faith a little bit. Stretch your faith a little bit. Paul wanted the gospel to go beyond where it was. We want it to go beyond where it currently sits in our area. He has a church that's satisfied. He has a church that's content with what they have and what they've already done. And they've already been reached. They don't want to do any reaching. They've already been blessed. They don't want to do any blessing. Why would I want to go beyond when I have everything right here, comfortable and convenient? But we need to understand, what we need to understand is the point of the blessing of God on your life is not that it would flow to you, but that it would flow through you. And let me say this, the very essence of blessing is that it always looks beyond itself. This is what God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. So the essence, the purpose of blessing is to look beyond yourself. That's the whole point of it. That's why God does it. That's why God wants to bless so we can be a blessing. If we stop here, we get stuck here. Paul says, as your faith grows, the kingdom grows. As the kingdom grows, your faith grows. See, I want to say it this way, and I hope that you hear my heart in this. We don't teach tithing so we can build buildings we teach tithing so you can build your faith. And as you build your faith, the kingdom's being built. Then we'll have to build the buildings because the kingdom grows. As your faith grows, the kingdom grows. See, God is after your faith. Why? Because it grows the kingdom. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because without faith, it's impossible to grow the kingdom. He wants the kingdom to grow. God wants to break you and I out of what we think is possible beyond that, what we think is normal. He wants us to break us, wants to break out of our limited belief system because isn't that really the enemy then? The enemy, as we've already established, is not obstacles, circumstances, people. The enemy is our belief system. Do we believe it or not? What is it that we're really believing? It's our own belief system that keeps us blocked and keeps us stuck. What if the only thing blocking you was you? What if the only barrier was your own belief? Your belief that God can do it, your belief that God can use you, your belief that God is bigger. And Paul says, if your faith increases, nothing can stop the gospel. So Paul says. See, the purpose of God can't be stopped, but you can block it from operating in your life if you don't believe. The, pl- the plan of God cannot be stopped, but you can block it from activate, being activated in your life because you won't believe it. The provision of God can't be stopped, but you can block it from operating in your life because you won't believe it. He's your provider. He's more than enough. He's Jehovah Jireh. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory. The power of God cannot be stopped, 
but you can block it from operating in your life because of your unbelief. He's been trying to get you his purpose. He's been trying to get you his plan. He's been trying to get you his provision. He's been trying to get you his power. So unblock it. You've got to unblock it. And Paul saw all the people that could be reached, but he was frustrated with that Corinthian church that they had already been reached and had stopped reaching. And Paul says, I want you to grow so that we can work beyond here. See, I know there's times in my life that God has wanted to use me and I've blocked him. I mean, it happens way more times than I wanted to admit. I know there's times God had put an encouraging word on my heart to share with somebody, but I was more consumed with me at the moment. And what about me? I know there's times that God has wanted me to pray with somebody somewhere, maybe a restaurant or Walmart or H-E-B, but I was too embarrassed of the other people around, and so I blocked God. I know there's times that God told me to give something to somebody else, but I was consumed with what I wanted and what I needed, so I blocked God and didn't do it. See, we all have those moments. We need to unblock the blessing. Don't block God. Don't block the blessing. We need to learn to unblock it. See, praise unblocks the blessing. There's times I wanted to come in and, and I should have lifted my hands in praise and worship because I needed a little bit of joy. I needed, I needed my spirits lifted, but I was so angry or so hurt that I chose to block God by not entering into praise and worship. I did that. Nobody did that. Let me tell you, there's times that I hear things when I come in and praise and worship right before it starts. Someone will say something to me or someone that, and I'm like, could that have waited till after service maybe a little bit? And there's my choice, my choice whether to lift my hands and open the window or block it. It's my choice. No devil, no other person, no circumstance. Forgiveness unblocks the blessing of God. It's my choice whether I choose to forgive my brother or not. Giving unblocks the blessing of God. Serving unblocks the blessing of God. See, God was frustrated, and we're talking now about giving, and we're wrapping up the series, but in Malachi 3.10, God was frustrated in the book of Malachi because the word of God had gone forth, and the people of God had blocked it. And if you read the passage before all that, he, he, he's frustrated with the people, and they're not doing what he's asking him to do. God's frustrated, and even accuses them of robbing him, if you will, in a sense, because they're not doing what he's asking him to do. And it's not because God's frustrated, not because he stopped loving them, but because he loves them so much, they wouldn't allow him to bless them. Let's take a look at that, Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring what is mine. God says, that is mine. Bring it to me. Return it unto me that there may be food in my house. Test me. He's imploring. He's pleading. He's almost begging us, says the Lord God Almighty. And here's the result. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, if I will not. So basically what he's saying is like, if you want the blessing of God, you need to unblock it. How do I unblock the blessing of God? By bringing the tithe into the storehouse, the Bible says then, what have I done? I've unblocked the window of heaven. I've unblocked it. He says, you return to me what is mine, and this happens. Too many of us are content to live life this way. Or we'll live life saying, man, if it wasn't for that stinking devil, the devil's attacking my finances. The devil's after my finances, can I tell you? Then unblock the window of heaven. No devil. The devil can't keep this window shut. God opens it when you unblock it. Well, if it wasn't for my job, hey, it's not your job. Unblock the blessing. Unblock it. It's not the coworker. It's not the other person that lied and cheated to close the deal that got the bonus. Unblock the blessing of God. He's your source and provider. 
No person, no boss, no economy, no devil can keep this block. They've all submit to the authority and power of God. But you need to unblock it. It's what he says. You return that portion back unto me and oh, it will open the window. It will unblock every, all the blessings that I have for you. That's what he says. Is it that simple? Yeah, absolutely. It is that simple. If you've been blocking the blessing of God your whole life, I would tell you today, do this. Unblock it. Just unblock it. Bring what is mine, God says, because something's blocking the blessing and it's you. God says, if you'll unblock me, I will open the window of heaven. See, there is no shortage of supply. He's not rationing things out. He's not holding off and you gotta unblock it. There's no limit to how many people we could reach if we keep from blocking him. There's no limit to how many people we can feed, help them with their rent, help them with their lives. There's no limit to that if we will keep the window unblocked. There's no limit to how many unreached people groups we could support all around the world. There's no limit to how many widows we could help, how many single moms, how many seniors, how many communities. There's no limit to all that because it's an unlimited supply. The difference is, are you gonna block it or not? It's your choice. So the Bible says, but you have to unblock the blessing. See, every week at the end of service, during offering time, we choose to block God or not. This is the truth. And if you've been here long enough, you know that at the end of service, we take an offering because that's our structure. <laughs> I didn't set anybody up for any kind of emotional response today. I just want you to know that every time, every opportunity, you have a choice to make. Are you going to block the blessing or not? This is God's word. See, remember, they, 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 they would never admit that we're blocking God, but then they blocked Paul. And you can block me if you want. You can, but you're really blocking the word of God, the truth of God's word. I mean, I just read it for you. I mean, it's right there. And I know the pushback. I know that's Old Testament, and I know all this and that, and, and you've already heard in the last two weeks the, 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 the talking about that and, and the things, and I, I get that. I, I know the arguments. Of, I'm just talking about the truth is you block the blessing or you unblock it through your giving. And some people will say it's for the Old Testament, and I'll say, fine. In the New Testament, we should do more. Why in the world would you go lower when you have the grace of God? That means we could do more. Paul says, I want your faith to grow. And let me say it this way too, and I'm, I'm out of time already. Let me, let, me just, let me finish with this thought. Paul says, I want your faith to grow because the kingdom will grow. He says, don't block me because you're really, you're blocking God, the principles of God. But maybe, maybe for some of us, and, let me, and hear me in this, maybe for some of us that are, I mean, see my wife and I, we've tithed, tithed our whole life. We, my parents raised me to tithe. I, I tithed when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. I, I don't know any different. And we got married, she was a tither. This is what we do, it's what we did. And it's worked in our life. Can I say it's worked in our life? We believe in that. But for some of us, maybe that's tithed our whole life. Maybe when we need, when we get to that point and we wanna grow our faith a little bit more, have you ever thought about this? Maybe just me and I had to look down and let's start committing to 12% instead of 10%. No, I can't speak for you, but I know at the beginning of every year, we set goals, and goals are typically things that we want to get or to achieve, but maybe we should set goals of what we want to give. And maybe if Paul, what Paul is saying is, if our faith is attached to this, maybe then we should set our goal to give is 12% or 15% or 18% maybe, and then let our faith be stretched and see how God grows the kingdom. Yeah. 
Just maybe. I'm not saying that's for you to do, but I'm saying that maybe that's a discussion or prayer that you should have with the Lord. Because I don't want to be stuck. Can I say it this way? I don't want to be stuck on 10%. I want to stretch my faith because I want the kingdom to grow. And God's all about growing the kingdom. I just want to encourage you today to take that step of faith. Take that step of faith. Don't block the blessing of God. See, this isn't really, a, honestly, I know that we're wrapping up a, a, a series on money, if you will, or however you want to say that. This isn't just about that. I'm, I'm talking about don't block the joy in your life. Lift your hands and worship God. Don't, don't block the peace in your life, right? By having unforgiveness in your heart. See, there's so many things that we do that block the blessing of God. Let's find the things we do that will open the window of heaven. Because I know this, God is a faithful God. And man, he loves you. And I know this, he is all about the kingdom. In Tree of Life Church, we have a weekend coming up. The greatest day of the year for people to come to Christ. It's the greatest opportunity for kingdom growth. So let's this week extend our faith in the greatest capacity. And allow God to do what only he can do. Change your heart from the inside out. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.